0: okay so when the leadership and the district are on one accord then everybody works together and remember i told you that this district at that particular time had a vision and the vision mm-hmm. was to put children first first so right. that meant everything that every person that worked in that school did was to put the children first and that meant the janitors Right. Uh, they couldn't leave trash on the floor because the <laughs> children might slip, fall, hurt
1: themselves, right? Right. Hey everyone, it's me, Regina Hassan, your host for pregnant with your host for the pregnant with purpose podcast. I'm glad to have you with me here today. We have another great show. Today we're going to be talking about education with a purpose or education with educating with purpose. You have a lot of things in the media about what's wrong with our education field today. Uh, there are a lot of uh, negative things being said, but I am a true believer that I think that there are some people out there who are still dedicated to educating and uh, offering opportunities to our young kids today. So, um, and I just want to have an opportunity today to kind of talk to them and to discuss the not so much as what's wrong with it, but what's being done right with it. So. Uh, let me introduce you to my guests.
0: Hello, everyone. Good evening, Regina.
1: (laughs) As I call your name, would you please, um, would you please give us a little bio about yourself, like how long you've been in the field or how long you've been in and out of the field, uh, and, um yeah yeah give us that little bio that includes how long and where you what you're doing now uh and i'm gonna start with dr karen haynes uh dr haynes i'm so uh we are so uh happy to have you with us here today uh tell us a little bit about who you are i know who you are but <laughs> tell everyone else good everyone evening else probably knows. <laughs> all right good evening my
2: name is dr karen haynes i am an educator for local school district i have been in education for approximately 26 years Uh, small bio i'm not a traditional educator i am a licensed professional counselor my title is director for mental health and social services so i'm basically all things crisis I i i feel like i did not choose education education chose me my undergraduate degree is in social work my master's is in counseling, and my doctorate is in psychology. However, I found my passion within the school district. I've served with heart for many years, and I absolutely love working with adolescents, children, adults, any, anyone that I can find that is in need of ment- to be mentally well and, and uh, social support to them as well. Thank you for this
1: opportunity, Mrs. Hassan. Thank you, Dr. Haynes uh
3: mr stephen thompson jr okay um i was in education uh for nine years Uh, i worked in everything from after school care so i finally moved on to middle school being a ta and then i finally got into the classroom as a, a special education teacher uh i recently got out of it in march uh I have a true passion for education. Uh, I believe it's the foundation of everything. Uh, I love the well being of children. Uh, I want to just, you know, I wish I was still teaching, but I had to move on and do other things. But yes, I still have that passion for teaching. So, yeah.
1: Thank you, Steve. Absolutely. And Ms. Rosalie Williams.
0: Good evening. Good evening. My, my name is Rosalie Williams. I'm a retired educator. I worked for uh, a school district for 20 years, Uh, was uh, fortunate enough to start my career at one campus and finish my career on that same campus. So I got to see 20 years of progress within one district on one campus. Mm -hmm. And I must say that it was a journey that I thoroughly enjoyed never had a desire to be into education, but I had a child late and I was looking for an opportunity to work in a field that I would have an opportunity to be off when my child was off. Education was the key. Whenever mm-hmm. she had a holiday, I had a holiday. <laughs> she was my only daughter and that was my basic reason for working in education. I started off when she was in elementary school, volunteering on her campus, being actively involved on everything that was happening on that campus, through the principals, all the teachers, the administrators. I was uh, volunteering on everything that they had available. Uh, And then uh, had an opportunity by a mentor that meant a lot to me uh, to come to me one day and ask me, had I ever thought about working in education? And from that conversation, she mentored me unknowingly and nudged me into the field of education. So I did my 20 years. I am happily retired now. Uh, I would say that I'm still giving because I visit my campus and stay on top of everything that's going on there.
1: This is a great, this is a great, great panel we have here. We have an educator who is, uh, has been in the field for 26 years and who's still working in the field. We have an educator who's in the field for nine years who's no longer in the field. And then we have an educator who is retired after 20 years in field. So this should make a great discussion. Now, Miss Williams has already answered like my first question. What got you into uh, education? Uh, Ms. Williams already touched on it. And I I like, I like your transparency uh, that you got into it because, you know, you wanted to be off when your child was off and uh, there are some educators I know that share that same uh, reason for getting into the field. So uh, Dr. Haynes, you said it chose you, you didn't choose it.
2: So I, I, when I said that, what I meant was I worked at a local uh, agency neighborhood centers And I met a young lady while I was at the center. I was only working part time. I just had my first child, stayed home for a year, and I was returning to the world of work. When she came, she came to the facility on many occasions, a social services worker, uh, getting food for her families that she served. The agency said they were going to close down. Neighborhood centers were supposed to be going out of business. Just in having a conversation with her one day, I shared that with her. I was kind of excited by returning home with my son who was just having a very difficult time adjusting to daycare. And she started to tell me about Harris County Community Services, where she works. She said, we have positions available. And, I and you know, in having a conversation with her, I would take the information down. I said, oh, yeah, I'll reach out. A couple of weeks will go by. She'd come back in. She'd ask me about had I reached out. I would say no. After it happened a few times, I didn't want to have to answer no again. So I reached out to him. I applied for the job. When I applied, the the famous question came up, which I was a new graduate from college, and i heard that a lot Uh, in job hunting. I did not have the experience that they needed for that position. Mm
0: -hmm. So when she
2: came in, I was like, finally I can say I applied, and I I don't have the experience. But when I shared that information with her, she said, oh, don't worry, I know the director, I'll just let them know about you. I was like, "Good Lord, I took my opportunity to go home with this child of mine." Well, she did just that. She got me an interview. When I got to the interview, I I got the job. The job led me to work in the school district that I'm currently working in as a community youth services worker. I served in that capacity for eight years. I went to 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 become a supervisor with the county did not enjoy it. I missed the kids. I missed the schools. They would not let me return to the field. So I just quit, reached out to some folks I knew in the school district. Uh, They gave me an opportunity. And about a year later, I was rehired by the county and vowed I would never leave again. I was back in my school district that I love. Exactly Mm -hmm. one year to my rehirement with the county, I received a call from the district offering me a position. I must say i was in dilemma i was like i reached out to my mom i was like what do you think i did she said well you said you never leave long story short i took a chance on me got hired by the district and i've been there since 2005 and i plan to stay as long as god will allow me to stay so that's my reason for saying education chose me because i had never thought about working in the school district or working for a school district but once i had that opportunity i met lots of lots of people that i fell in love with lots of children i fell in love with And just fell in love with the passion of education so here i am thank you
1: thank you dr haynes thank you steve Um, what drew you
3: to the field of education well uh i never wanted to be a teacher also Uh, when i grew up i wanted to be an architect and uh, i mean i just ended up not doing that but i i came back home from school and uh, i needed a job i had just had shoulder surgery and so that job let me go And so I used to pick up my nephews from the Boys and Girls Club all the time, and so one day I came in. I don't know why I must have looked like I needed a job, and she asked me. (laughs) She said, "Hey, you know, we're looking to hire some people. Do you need a job?" And I was like, "Yeah, I would. I do need a job." So I went to the interview. It was an interesting interview, probably one of the best interviews ever because they made me like sing on the spot just to see how spontaneous I was, like how good I would be with the kids. So yeah, I knocked that interview out, and so. I started May 1st, uh, and then right around Father's Day, that's about a month and a half into me getting there, a little kid, little girl, i never forget her name. Her name was Fortune. She walks up to me and gives me this Father's Day card. And I'm like, well, I'm not your daddy. <laughs> so right. I'm like, okay, what's that about? She, she says, you know, I <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah, she was too old anyway. But anyway, um, <laughs> but, but no. Um, I say that but she gave me the card and she was just I'm like, well, what's this about? She was just like, listen, I know you ain't been here this long, but I really appreciate you for being here. You impacted my life. And, you know, we need I need positive, you know, males in my life like you. And I just wanted to give you this this token of my appreciation. And I was good from there. I was I, I melted. I said, oh, man, I, I got to work with kids for the rest of my life. So <laughs> so, yeah, that's how, that's what made me pursue education. Because I have like what a said, compliment. I,
1: what a yeah, compliment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay everybody so we hear on the news everything that's wrong with education today a lot of critics about what's going on and you know i'm sure there are some things that um that are not going so well but what is it that drives you to continue to want to be in this field in spite of all that's being said and all the things that are going around what what is it that still drives you uh, to go to your campus, uh, uh, Miss Williams, to still check in with your campus. And Steve, to go out there and deal with the, the young people at uh Unlimited Vision at the mm-hmm. residential facility. And Dr. Haynes, what has you give, given up every day, day in and day out? And I know that you are very diligent and very dedicated uh, to, your, uh, to your assignment, that you are very uh, uh, uh dedicated to your assignment. What is it that gets you up in spite of all this negative talk that you know school is no good, all the the all the uh negative publicity, I don't know where my tongue went, publicity surrounding uh, education today. And I'm gonna start with um Miss Williams on that one.
0: Um I would say that when i started volunteering as a parent in i would say around about 1998 Mm -hmm. um, i was in a district that had a vision and the vision was children's first Mm -hmm. and as a parent i saw that that vision and that motto and that theme that was in every campus that was involved in that particular district truly believed in the vision of putting children first
3: Hmm. i
0: saw this as a parent not as an educator so i was excited that my child was in a district that was going to put her first and consider the whole child and not just a part of the child. Mm-hmm. They said they had a vision and they showed that they had a vision. It just wasn't a mouthpiece, it wasn't just a motto. Uh, the educators that were working back then were dedicated. And what I mean by dedicated, they believed in the vision and they worked every day to accomplish that vision. Uh, the administrators, they believed in the vision and they did everything that they could to support the teachers that was in the district so i got to see that as a parent when i made the transition and started working in the district i had to figure out well how am i going to contribute to the district what am i going to bring and i did not have an educational background i thought that i wasn't going to be able to fit in because i was working with all of these doctors with degrees and all of this and titles mm-hmm. and everything and i was just a parent but once i got in i realized that i had more to offer than some of those people with the degrees mm-hmm. because as a parent i was bringing experience as a parent yes. and when a parent gets into a school and they truly are dedicated to give to that school they are very powerful they are mm-hmm. just as strong as those administrators they come with ideas they take them to the administrators the administrators take those ideas and they run with it and mm-hmm. in my 20 years in that district i saw myself do that i could just have a conversation with an individual and as i called it just drop another well i think this 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 whatever would work and about right. a year later that, <laughs> that I dropped to that end of was So I was impressed that they listened to the, the cafeteria people, the janitors, whoever was giving them advice. They listened, you know, and uh, that made that made I was hooked after that. So my position was a pilot position. Um, like I said, it was in 1998 in 2000, the federal government came with title I, and they started pouring funding into the districts for at risk students. And so the title at risk was introduced to all of the districts throughout the state of Texas. And they got all of this money and they had to figure out what they were going to do with it. And like I said, the administrators in that particular district had a vision and they believed that when they got this money, they were gonna put that money to good use. And so they came up with a position that they called a, at that particular time, it was a truancy clerk who worked with at-risk students. So when I got the position, I was like, but what is at-risk student?" Mm. (laughs) So I did my homework. You know, I I checked and see what an at-risk student was, what the qualification was, uh, who would identify that student, how the student was identified and everything. And I actually wrote the job description for a truancy clerk in that particular. And it was the pilot district. So every truancy clerk in whatever district they may be throughout the state of Texas, actually are working on the model that I, Set up in that particular. Mad I'm like, really? that it was a success. You know, it truly was. Once I realized what an at risk student was, and, and to tell, to be honest with you, that was every student in the school. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Had some indicator that qualified them to be an at-risk student At so risk. all the money had to be dispersed equally you couldn't just give it to one section you know and so working as a truancy clerk it was my job to go in, try to find out why these children weren't coming to school then mm-hmm. going into the homes talking to the parents you know I mean, and that's still going on today that's exactly. going on today in the school exactly. district exactly i wasn't a counselor but i learned how to be a counselor <laughs> <laughs> that's and, great that's great miss williams that's Thank what I very did. much yes, yes yeah that is
1: great now i see now i see how that how it could be done yes. uh, how, how what what would drive anybody to get up every the right. hands. i know you get up
2: saying I have passion seems so cliche, but the reality of it is I always wanted to help people. And my undergraduate degree, like I said, is in social work. That's where it started. The school district gave me a platform to really, really make a difference and help families in need. Um, And working with a group of people who truly lead with heart and continues to lead with heart uh, makes it very easy to do. We work, we're a Title I district. So it means that some of our children are from hard places. Homes are very difficult, low socioeconomic status. However, they continue to come to work. We form great relationships with parents. Our families are in need and our district provides such great support to the families that we serve. I'm proud to be a part of of helping children move to the next level, even though things may be difficult. Getting an opportunity to teach children that the key to it all is to get an education, that's going to help to take them to another level. Mm -hmm. And and education will take them places that they would not ordinarily go. And to be surrounded by a group of educators, because definitely, absolutely, we cannot do this work alone, to have people who share the vision that you have, to see students actually reach reach their potential, and to get students who are broken at the time that you meet them because of the traumas that have happened in their lives. Meet them with love and compassion and see them grow into young adults, young successful adults is my why. And I stand behind that because I've seen it happen. I know it can be done. And again, I'm not doing it alone. I have lots and lots of support from the parents to school personnel, which makes, it, makes my job a lot easier when people are willing to move to the next level.
3: Hi, I'm Stephen Thompson. And when I'm not DJing and giving people the vibes, I'm cultivating a community at Community Cultivation Network. We'd love to see you. We'd love to have you. We'd love for you to view our podcast. Not only are we the best, we're the best best. <laughs> and if you don't believe us, that's too bad. We love you. From here and everywhere else.
2: Let's get back to cultivating community.
1: Yes. So it's it, so it's safe to say that there are some people out there that are still dedicated to doing uh, to Definitely. doing this type of work, right? It is absolutely yes. safe to say that. Yeah, safe to say. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like I say, you hear so much. Uh, you know, uh, they talk about the shortage in teachers. We all know about that. That there is such a shortage in teachers and uh but there are some teachers showing up every day you know and i i just really see teachers as being unsung heroes i, I really do any anyone in the education field not just teachers let me just say that right now it's not just teachers anyone in this field i feel like they are unsung heroes and in saying that i want to know what do you think that the the difference uh, from what it used to be, uh, uh, Dr. Haynes and and and, and Miss Williams, you know, y'all been there 20 years ago, 26 years ago. Uh, what do you think the difference in education, and even Steve, who, you know, you go back nine years ago, the difference uh, between education then, when you first entered into it with your wide eyes and your, you know, <laughs> And yeah, I'm going to make a difference <laughs> <laughs> until now. You know, what do you see as a difference? I think initially, uh, Steve, let me start with oh, Steve. Okay.
3: I think there's less accountability for the children. Um, I think that they blame or find blame in the educator instead of actually looking into what the situation is and i think that the accountability has changed at least for for me there used to be more that when there were rules and regulations set in place if you went outside of those rules and regulations there were consequences or just repercussions of things that you know that would you know there were there were policies and procedures in play and i think that there's too many gray areas right now and within that so i think that's the biggest difference for for me For you, between nine, okay, okay. Mm -hmm.
1: Dr. Haynes, what what do you see as the difference in 26, 26 years ago to to today? 26 years ago, let me ask this question. 26 years ago, was that prayer still in school?
2: 26 years ago,
1: no, not in public school. Uh, Prayer had gotten out, because when I was in school. (laughs) Not in the public school. (laughs) look at dr haynes 26 years ago you said it was no prayer. when i was in school 27 years ago no really <laughs> i was in school back in when i was in school prayer was still a part of it so i can say that wholeheartedly, that's one difference that i think is that you know they no longer have prayer in school but dr haynes what do you see the difference
2: i think initially when i started uh I saw children actually come to school, and parents thought it was a place that I'm I'm sending my child to get educated academically. And I think the shift has happened, not that the need had not been there. The need has always been there, that in order for us to educate children from an academic standpoint, we have to make sure that basic needs are met. If a right. child is hungry, then I focus on math and science and reading. If a child does not know where they're going to go at the end of the day, child is being molested at home, things that are that should not happen in homes are happening. Then we have to first address those needs before we can get them to the point of being educated. Um, schools are more open and understanding. There's been a lots and lots of trauma training to where mm-hmm. the traditional educators are now learning what I've been taught in my schooling. Is what what are some signs to look for? How do we report when there's when there's abuse in the home? Um, one of the things when I started uh, as, as a district employee, I was a special education counselor. The biggest thing that I try to share about that, or what my biggest takeaway from that position was I learned that children, excuse me, children are not born emotionally disturbed. I worked with lots of students who were emotionally disturbed. Life circumstances led to it. So mm-hmm. to, to, to stay on the question of what do I think is the biggest difference? I think that as educators and as a society, we're addressing mental health disorders and trauma very differently. Initially, what I saw, we, we saw children as being bad, quote unquote, bad.
0: bad. I'm, that's I'm,
2: right. I've always stood by the belief there are no bad children, there are bad choices. And now I'm, I've learned even with me, even with getting more educated, my, education myself about trauma, Trauma experiences lead to negative behaviors. And because children don't know how to put into words the, the bad things that have happened to them, we start to see the behaviors. So they start to act out as a way to say, I really need some help. Schools are addressing it very differently. We're not just looking at a, a behaviors and saying this child is bad. We're looking at what interventions can we put in place to support this child who is having some, who is displaying some inappropriate behaviors. So we're, we're meeting children with more compassion, addressing their needs in a much better way than we were 26 years ago, for lack of knowledge. You know, right. we're, we learn more about trauma, how to address it, and, and we're doing a much better job as school districts, not just my district, but across the nation uh, in, in addressing behaviors and, and being more open-minded and parents, educating parents, because parents are also becoming more open-minded and working with the schools and not seeing the schools as an enemy.
1: Right, right. That's good, Dr. Haynes, Um, because a teacher came to school, not even a teacher, you know, uh, a a food service worker came and they came just to do that job, you know, and uh, even though during my day, we were blessed to have teachers that had that social worker heart. You know they cared enough about you you know they reached out they hugged you you know they could they could hug you you know uh uh they they cared about if you were you know tired sleepy you know but basically you know they would just basically report it to your parent and and not get involved but their main job was to educate you know if they were in food service that's what their main job was but now uh it it, it has to be different where it's not just about you know coming in doing a it's not an a eight to five regular gig punch in and punch out um uh, mm-hmm. especially with um especially with the youth that we're we are encountering today uh not that 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 wasn't going on back then but it sure wasn't as um overt uh back in the day you know uh the kid that had the problem you know maybe you know maybe his problem was he he was a bedwetter or she was a bedwetter you know uh, and you know, they got teased a lot uh, mm-hmm. in coming to school, but it it wasn't seen upon as trauma, mm-hmm. and the teachers surely did not get involved to that extent. So uh, thank you, Dr. Haynes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Ms. Williams.
0: What do you think Ooh. the difference is now than twenty years ago? Well, my personal experience is this. I was lucky enough to start working in education at a time where, Uh, the leadership for the state of Texas was a female. Mm. Ann Richards was the governor. Ann Richards. (laughs) The superintendent of the district that i worked for was a female. Mm. And I think a lot of times women have nurturing hearts. Mm. So the vision that the governor had for education in the state of Texas at that time was in conjunction with the vision that the superintendent for the particular district that I lived in also had. Okay. So when the leadership and the district are on one accord, then everybody works together and remember i told you that this district at that particular time had a vision and the mm-hmm. vision was to put children first first so right. that meant everything that every person that worked in that school did was to put the children first and that meant the janitors right uh, they couldn't leave trash on the floor <laughs> because the children might slip fall hurt themselves right? right so they had to clean the floors uh the cafeteria people. Uh, we were talking about children was obese and they was overweight so okay we need to we can't feed the babies the way we used to feed the babies you know yeah. so back then everybody worked on one accord mm. today you got people that are in education not to serve the child but to further their careers i'm just
1: wow wow Wow. that's that's real talk that's real
0: talk they are on a personal mission you know and it doesn't have anything to do with the child they're they're looking at the numbers the statistics what looks good we're going to send this up to the state and as long as the state say we doing good that's all right you know (laughs) then when something happens like what happened in uvalde everybody's looking at each other okay but if If you would go back to the basics and just try to be a district that wasn't about reacting, but was about trying to prevent, right? Okay. Okay. So when you try to prevent, you try to look and see what could happen and how can we prevent it from happening. happening. When you react, you wait for it to happen. And then you start thinking of, well, what can we do better?
1: Right, right.
0: And think it right. is too late. Too many lives have been lost. It's right, it's too late. So, right. I think that's the big difference in educators in the past and in educators today. Uh if everybody would just go back to the basics and put mm-hmm. the child first. And what can we do to see to it that this child is a whole person and that they are successful citizens when we send them out into the world. That's it. Thank you,
1: Miss Williams. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. So I'm just going to end this with, I'm just going to end this with saying, or with asking this last question. First, I want to thank all of you for joining me today. Um, uh, yeah. I want to thank all of y'all for joining me today. I really do appreciate you taking the time. Miss Williams, uh, I'm going to have you back on my
0: podcast
1: again. One <laughs> that I want no to
0: hear from you, Miss Williams. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you for inviting me to be a part of this. I'm, hey, Dr. You, Haynes, she was the one that turned me on to hey you. Hey, <laughs> Dr. Haynes believe in taking people out of their comfort zone. <laughs> but she grew up, I love to talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Miss Williams would will be perfect cuz she go
1: tell. That's us what she did, she said that. She said Miss Williams would will be perfect. Oh, I got somebody. She sure did. Uh, but I, I just want to end by asking this, this last question, okay? Uh in your uh what's that commercial? Walgreens commercial. In your perfect world, okay. in your perfect world mm-hmm. as far as education is concerned. What would it look like? Hmm. last question
3: steve um what does that look like it looks like educating outside of just math science english uh sometimes these kids get out of school and they don't have any skills they're just smart and sometimes i think we need to learn teach these kids how to like live their life We should teach them about taxes. We should teach them how to write a resume. We should now they're putting trades and stuff back into schools to where they can graduate with with, you know, their associates and stuff. My nephew happens to be one of those people who's going to graduate this year with his associates. And I'm proud of him for that. But that wasn't really a thing. They had special schools for that. We called them magnet schools when I was coming up. And it's kind of like well, what's stopping? Not everybody's going to go to college, and I do believe that you should. That if you don't go to college, you should definitely have some sort of higher education, and I think that that should start. You get the basis of that in middle school, in high school, to where when you get out in the real world, you're not just running through the wind, you know, blowing like the wind. So I, I would, I would, I think that's what the perfect world would be. Let's educate outside of the basics.
1: Okay, thank you, Steve. Miss Williams. What's your perfect, what's your perfect world?
0: Uh, in education? Besides, besides bringing and Richards back, <laughs> may she rest in peace, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> she was my governor too. In my- she was my governor because she was in recovery. I'm in yeah. recovery. She was in okay. recovery and that's mm-hmm. when she was my governor. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, what's your perfect, um, what's your perfect world?
0: In my perfect world, um, I would like to see every individual that works with children, whether it be in education, or social work, or detention, criminal Mm -hmm. justice with the children, all be on one accord. And what I mean by that is. Mm -hmm what is the best thing, I, I keep going back to it, children first, first. what is mm-hmm. the best thing for this child? Because if you make the child happy, then the mama and the is gonna be happy. <laughs> <laughs> home, right? Mm-hmm. Right. If you got a happy home, then you don't have to worry about mama's killing the children right or children killing their parents parents or, or their grandparents you know, make the mm-hmm. home happy again and make the home what it was created to be mm-hmm. thank
1: you Ms. Williams. happy yes. home happy future amen <laughs> <laughs> okay dr haynes we're gonna close
2: it out with you i would say a a, a, a combination of everything that was shared uh, really on uh, getting parents to understand the value of education, first of all, because right. all of our parents do not understand the value of education. Sometimes my, in a perfect way, it would look like educating the parent along with the child. Um, just, just like, uh, Steve mentioned about the finances, about those things, because mm-hmm. parents are coming with the knowledge that they have at the time they have a child and if education wasn't important to them at that time it may still not be important um getting getting them to 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 buy in in order for it to work there has to be buying in in this process Mm -hmm. i've been a public school educator for 26 years my children had an opportunity to go to private school and the value of education is different when that dollar is associated with it oh yeah and for that children to attend school have a different vision about what they want not not every parent who has children in a public school setting uh lack or don't see the, vi- the vision. there are lots of parents who see the vision but we also have lots of parents who don't see the vision so getting bar- parents to buy in working with the the teachers there's a poem and if you don't mind i'll close with this, this go poem. ahead dr haynes it's a unity poem and i absolutely love it and the author is un- unknown it says i dreamt i stood in a studio and watched two sculptures there the clay they used was a young child's mind, and they fashioned it with care. One was a teacher; the tools they used were books, music, and art. The other a parent, working with a guiding hand and a gentle, loving heart. Day after day, the teacher tore and touched that with a touch that was deft and sure, while the parent labeled close nearby and polished and smooth and smoothed it over. Sorry. And when the task was done. They were proud of what they wrought, for the tools they had molded into a child could neither be sold nor bought. Hmm. And each agreed they would have failed had they, if each had worked alone, because behind the parents stood the school and behind the teacher stood the home. No. And that sums it up because the reality of it is in order for us to see the change, we have got to get our parents on board and we've got to work with our parents and the children that we serve, Have they must see us working together. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for this opportunity.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank y'all. Once again, another great episode. Uh, I want to thank you all again for joining us. Um, this, this uh, theme for this season is living out your purpose, helping others. And I really do see the field of education as definitely being a helping field, um, mm-hmm. definitely being a helping field. Absolutely. So anytime you could open up someone's mind and help them see something else beyond themselves, it mm-hmm. is definitely a benefit to that individual. So I wanna thank y'all again. I close the show out with a, <laughs> I close the show out with you know you old win. And uh, don't go there, Lord. Have mercy. I, I'm telling you, I'm gonna stop. Well, you know, I already shared with Miss Williams. Yes, we did. Miss Williams gave me her email address, and it was a mountain long. And at the and she said, she said, AT-T, att.net. I say, Lord, have mercy. You know, you old because mine is uh, a long one, and then it ends with aol.com, you know. And, nobody uses those anymore so uh you know you're old but this is my latest venture and you know you're old um uh and i don't know if i told no i didn't tell this one did i I tell this one no i didn't tell this one Brittany, did i tell the one about how i dropped my keys (laughs) um how i dropped my keys in the dog poop handler if I did, I'm about to tell it again. Okay. Really tell right.
0: you to put it in the chat. <laughs> right.
1: Yes, I did share that one. Okay. So let me share this one. So okay. I- I'm getting ready. I'm taking a shower. Uh, uh I have a bench in my shower that has a marble surface. And I dropped something in. I dropped something in the shower. And as I bent to as I bent over to pick it up, bam! I hit my head on the bench, and just for a minute, I stunned myself. Okay, so you know you're old when you know that you need one of those alert bracelets <laughs> on you at all times. You you don't know when you'll knock yourself unconscious. You know, but I, I need I I, I should have had one of those alert braces But anyway, it's all a part of life. Thank you God for not knocking for me not being knocked out. I'm real grateful. <laughs> I want to thank y'all once again. Thank my uh, guests, uh, these educators we've had on today. Y'all make it possible. And I'm going to end like I always do. You got to remember this if you're not dead,
3: God's not done. See you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. So you just got done watching Pregnant with Purpose, but that's not all we have. We also have Yes to Real Estate, and we also have Class in Session make sure you like, subscribe, listen to all of them if you like it, like it, if you don't it's too bad you watched it already so we good.